0: with our daily Bible reading for today. We're in Luke chapter 5 as we witness the early part of Jesus' ministry. What I recognize most about in Luke chapter 5 is is all the unique things that Jesus did. He definitely had a unique ministry. Um, He's doing things. He's saying things that no one else can do and can say. For instance, you start out in chapter 5, and Jesus calls the first disciples. Uh, And in that, he tells them to do something they would have never done, and that is to throw their nets on the other side and to try again. And he shows to his first, uh, who are going to be there, his disciples, um, that he has power over things that they do not. He's a unique teacher there, and uh, they get a miraculous catch of fish. Um, And as Jesus has sat down and taught them again, where we notice that in the last chapter, Jesus sitting down and teaching because he has authority, uh, Peter refers to him as master here uh, in that account, but one day he's going to see him as even greater than just someone who uh, makes it possible for them to have a miraculous catch of fish. Later, he's going to call him Lord. He's going to call him the Christ, the Son of the Living God, um, and he's going to find out. Uh, he's going to find out more about who he is. But they are so impacted by him, and what an impact that must have made upon the crowd that they left everything and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus has a leper that comes to him, and again, totally out of the ordinary. Uh, In that time, they thought leprosy was contagious. You would never touch a leper. But Jesus does that on the request of that leper who is willing to humble himself and say, Jesus, I'm, I'm not willing for you to come and even heal me, but he begged of him. And Jesus stretches out his hand and he touches him, and he cleans him. And then again, remember, he shows. He says, "Don't tell anybody right now." He controls the message. He's in charge of everything. It's not the right time. Um, and uh, uh, but then he uh, and then he himself, when it seems like his popularity is picking up, boy, today if if that would be the case, that person would just. Uh, um, that person would just do everything they could to keep that popularity but Jesus what's he do he withdraws himself to a place and prays he knows where his focus is at he knows where his ministry is at then Jesus comes upon a paralytic and and here now again he shows his unique ministry his power not only over physical things but his power in the spiritual realm he says to the man your sins are forgiven and of course, uh, here we get Jesus running into the religious elite of his time, the Pharisees saying, you know what, only God can do that. And Jesus basically says, I can do it because I'm God. And we find out more about who this Jesus is. He's more than just a miracle worker. He is the son of God. That's why they accuse him of blasphemy. Uh, he is claiming to be God because he is God and he does the things that only God can uh, only God can do. And he's coming to uh, to forgive sins. The crowd there recognizes that it's Jesus and they glorify God uh, and, and the paralytic glorifies God, which is a place that we need to be uh, in, is in glorifying God. When Jesus calls even Levi a tax collector. Tax collectors in that time were working for the Romans to collect taxes. I was reading in my commentary that the person that was a tax collector was the one who would, who would um, uh, be able to offer the most money uh, to be able uh, to do that. So, of course, they would pass that on the co- to the consumer, we would say. Uh, they would overcharge on the taxes so they could make up for that. Plus, if it was a Jew who was doing that, well, then you're really dreaded because you're working for the for the uh, for the bad guy. You're working for the Romans too, which is why the tax collectors were uh, uh, were shunned at that time, and and why it was such a thing for Jesus even to impact him so much that he's willing to come and he's willing to invite Jesus to come and to eat with him. Which, of course, the Pharisees react to uh, because Jesus is doing exactly what they didn't want him to do, and that is. To, to eat with sinners and tax collectors, to which, when we really think about it, we go, thanks be to God that he's willing to do that. We need him to come. And then Jesus tells them about the joy that he's going to come to bring. We're in, we're in Christmas time right now, and we talk about this joy. Why? Because the bridegroom has come. The perfect bridegroom, Jesus Christ, has come and that's reason for great joy. There's going to be a time for fasting, too. When we recognize our sin, when we fall back into that sin, when that old Adam gets the best of us, um, we're going to need to repent, too. But we also have reason, much reason, in the gospel to rejoice because, uh, because a new thing has happened and, and forgiveness is available. But of course, the last verse of this chapter says that's hard for us because we get too stuck in the old. And, uh, and the Pharisees, of course, were stuck in the old, too, and need to be brought to the new. And thanks be to God, um, he's able to do that by the power of that Holy Spirit working in our hearts. So chapter 5 really re- introduces us to this unique ministry of Jesus, unlike any other teacher, which should tell us just again, Jesus is not any ordinary human being. He's not the greatest human being in the world. He is the Son of God, a Son of God and Son of Man. There was no one no one like him. And thanks be to God, we know him as Savior. God bless you as you continue to read.